actually I want to get a gallery view of you all. Yeah, good to see you all. Great. Um, welcome. Uh, this is a Satipatthana class, the second class in, on Satipatthana. Um, Satipatthana being the teaching of mindfulness. The four foundations of mindfulness come from the Satipatthana Sutta. Um, we'll do a sitting uh, and then there'll be uh, a talk and then discussion like we did last week, same format basically. Um, we'll also have a few announcements, probably after the sitting we'll do a few announcements and then we'll go into the teaching. So please sit upright uh, in whatever way you can, whether you're in a chair or a cushion or a bench. And if you need to, you could lie down, that's okay. Uh, or you can do it standing. But mostly we want your back upright, whether you're sitting or standing or lying down. It's good to turn off your cell phone. <laughs> uh, and let your attention come into your body. And just one thing to say, if for any reason you can't hear me, you can go to the, I believe the chat or participants and it'll show you where you how to raise your hand, right, on the screen, uh, not, not live. I won't be looking for you to raise your hand on the screen to me, but in the, there it is, it's in the chat. Oh, that's somebody's moving their computer, let's see. Yeah. So again, sitting upright so that you're awake, alert, here and relaxed. And letting your attention begin to become an embodied attention so that there's an embodied awareness. Mm -hmm. 
And so the first instruction for embodied awareness is posture as becoming upright and comfortable. And it helps as much as possible to be on your sits bones so that the uprightness in the spine is basically from the base of the spine. And then letting your awareness saturate your body and see if there's any holding or tension or tightness that you can release simply. And you can check or scan your body, seeing if the jaw is being held tightly. or if the shoulders are being held up. And letting the arms, hands be relaxed with the hands resting on the thighs or one hand holding the other hand. And letting your belly be at ease. And when your body feels relatively comfortable, at ease, upright, awake, then pay particular attention to the movement of the body, the breath. Letting the breath be very relaxed, meaning you don't have to extend or change or fix or alter the breath. Simply be aware of the fact that your body is breathing. 
by feeling or sensing or knowing directly the, the breathing itself. Some of you may be aware of the breath at the nostrils with the in and out breath. Or some of you may be aware of the rising and falling of the belly, chest. Some of us may be aware of the whole body as it breathes. And however you're experiencing the breath, short breath, long breath, full breath, subtle breath, simply see what, what kind of energy is needed to be ardent in your awareness of the breathing. To stay fully aware and mindful of this breath, this body breathing now. And it means letting the other experiences which may be happening of thoughts or feelings or sounds or everything else, let that be in the background. Keep being more intimate with the body breathing. Letting your attention 
be very close to the body as it breathes so that the awareness begins to saturate your body and the breathing so that we're mindful not from a distance but from the direct experience of the body breathing And if there's anyone here who it's not what they pay attention to when they meditate, then please use sound instead of the body and the breath. Stay very open, close to sound, aware of every sound, even the sound of no sound.
whatever is here right now, whatever you're aware of, please come back to the body and the breathing. You can always come back to the posture, the aliveness of the body sitting here. the various sensations of warm or cool, or even the tightness or tension or relaxation that may be here. And of course, with the fact that the body is breathing. And when you connect with the breath, with this movement that keeps us alive of the body breathing. See what happens if you let go of everything but the breath. You have full permission to hold on to the breath, meaning be aware of it and stay aware of it. And the instruction that from there is to let go of everything else, the sounds, even my voice, the thoughts, the feelings, whatever else might be happening, let it go. And stay very close to your body and your body breathing.
So before I go into the talk, I want to say a few announcements. Uh, the plan we have now is to move the class to a slightly earlier time, to start at 6 o'clock instead of 7 o'clock, because we've had a request from a number of people to change the time, especially for people back east who would like to participate people who've been on the retreat and people who heard of the class and would like to join. So that's the plan is that we're Tuesday, Thursday, we'll start at 6 p.m. and we'll go 6 to 7.30. Um, also, let's see. And yeah, as I mentioned, to ask a question, go to the participants. Uh, box, which is at the bottom of your screen, and you can uh, raise your hand when you find yourself there in the participants button. Um, also, the whole class is going to be recorded, including the questions and answers. If you don't want your question recorded, please just say so, and we'll stop the recording uh, right then. So you don't have to be recorded if you, if you don't like. Um, and also, um, we've changed the PayPal interface to make it easier for people to let us know if they're making a donation in support of a particular program. So if you want to make a donation in support of the class, um, which I'll speak about it later, uh, you can do that, uh, per, you can do that, um, precisely using PayPal. And Jeff, who's here, will say something at the end about the Donna. Okay. So those are the announcements. Um, so last week, Thursday, we began by talking about uh, what it means to have an embodied awareness. And then also the we started to look at the definition that begins the Satipatthana Sutta. Uh, about the four practice, about the four foundations. And the four, we talked about the four qualities that we want to cultivate both in meditation and in our daily life in terms of practicing 24 7. And so we talked about being ardent, fully aware, mindful, ardent, fully aware, mindful. And that's something we can practice at any time. And it doesn't have to be, we don't have to be tense to be ardent or diligent, or we don't have to be tense to be fully aware. We can, we can do it right now in a relaxed way. You don't even have to do much. It's just beginning to align with what you hope to do, which is be here now. And so being here now includes the screen and what you're seeing and what you're hearing and your pillow on your couch, if it's comfortable or not. And, and that's all part of it. Now, your blanket, if you want to be warmer, and, you know, and even fooling with your computer, if you're trying to make the screen right, you want to be 
ardently mindful and fully aware while this is happening. You want to be here. And that's what we're all trying to do. And this is new for me also. I'm not, this is not my favorite meditation room. You know, this is my office where I work and, but it works best for me to do this kind of Zoom teaching so far. And so this is where I'm practicing, even though I'd much rather be sitting on a cushion and giving a talk from a cushion and things like that, but it doesn't matter. I can, I can practice here. And one thing I will ask you to do is please raise your hand if this gets um, uh, unstable at any or freezes at any point because um, my computer every once in a while says your internet connection is unstable. And we all may feel a little unstable right now, but it's important if our internet stays stable for us. Um, so again, we, uh, we talked about being ardent or diligent, fully aware and clearly knowing what's happening, whatever it is, right? And being mindful. And then the fourth piece was being free from desire and discontent with regard to the world. And I can't remember, did we send out the, the Satipatthana Sutta to you, you all? Did everybody get that? Everybody who is here at the class? Yeah, great. Okay. Um, um, so when we ended last uh, Thursday, I was talking about mindfulness as the presence of mindfulness, not just what we're aware of, but the presence that is that we can establish through the four foundations to be mindful and start to be aware of what is it that's mindful? What is it that's aware? What is it that's knowing? And I'll keep um, including that tonight too. But tonight the focus is gonna be on the refrain in the Satipatthana Sutta. And if you see the, the, um, the document, especially from Analyo, he says, here's the, you know, the introduction and here's the, um, the definition and then here's the refrain. And the refrain comes after every teaching the Buddha gives about how to be mindful, right? You see that in your document if you have it with you, but, but if you don't look at it later, because it's right there, and the refrain is the most um, consistent part of the Satipatthana Sutta, right? Like after every teaching, whether it's about mindfulness of body, mindfulness of feelings or Vedana, mindfulness of mind, heart, mindfulness of dharmas, after every teaching in there, and there's multiple teachings in each one, the Buddha has this refrain, and I'll read it because it's worth hearing again. He says, in this way, in regard to the body, and of course it's body, Vedana, heart, mind, dharmas, either way, um, one abides contemplating the body or, uh, internally, or one abides contemplating the body externally, or one abides contemplating the body both internally and externally, which you can do right now. You can contemplate, feel, sense, begin to know your body, and also you're seeing other bodies on the screen. 
and some of you even are sitting with in a room and there's other bodies and you could look at them and see their body. You could know the body both internally and externally, right? And then he continues, he goes on, he says, or one abides contemplating the nature of arising in the body or the nature of, or abides contemplating the nature of passing away in the body or one abides contemplating both the nature of arising and passing away in the body, right? And then, and he, or one abides mindful that there is a body, very simple, there just is a body, and you can know it, you can feel it, you can sense it. You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be alive if the body was not here, right? You wouldn't be aware of anything if the body was not here, as far as I can tell. Of course, if you don't agree with me, you can tell me later. But um, and right, and so he says there is a body, uh, or mindfulness that there is a body is established to, in one to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and continuous mindfulness, and one abides independent, not clinging to anything in the world. This is how, in regard to the body, heart, mind, feelings, dharmas one abides contemplating reality, contemplating the different phenomena that is part of human experience, whether it's the body or the feelings or the thoughts or the what we see, smell, taste, touch, hear, whatever it is, any experience is part of the phenomena of human beings. And so what he talks about here is four domains of practice that emerge with this refrain. And so he's saying it again and again and again. Can we be aware of this, these components of reality, right? That we can contemplate the body both internally and externally right now or at any moment. And of course, if our eyes are closed, we're not contemplating externally, but that's okay. The, your eyes are closed. You're not seeing bodies, but but you can even if you're not looking at the person sitting next to you. Sometimes you can still feel their presence, and if you're close enough, you can just feel the heat from the body. You don't have to look at them; they're alive. There's an aliveness next to you, or if there's a if you have a a cat or a dog and they're on your lap. You're aware of them, even if you don't look at them. And so I'm pointing to the both internal and external, right? Of being aware of the body. And it points to something that's so important for us as um, practitioners is about relational practice, about practicing 24-7, practicing when we're in relationship. It's not just about what's here, it's about what's here, it's also it's about what's there. And of course, I'm pointing to each of you, um, right? Because we're, we're both here. And so it's a collective practice, it's a relational practice in this way that is being pointed at in the refrain that he gives over and over again, whether we're aware of body, whether we're aware of the feeling tone of experience, whether we're aware of the, um, of the heart and mind, the thoughts and feelings, that they're not just happening here, they're also happening 
there in other people, in other beings, right? And we can start to open to that component of phenomena. And so, um, and then he goes on, he says, uh, he contemplate the nature of arising, of passing away of the body in the moment. And this is very simple. This is the impermanence of each moment, the impermanence of our aliveness. Even though it feels like it's continuous, it has a continuity of moments, but each moment is totally unique and begins and ends, begins and ends, begins and ends. And often we don't really see this so well um, uh, in daily life because we're not that concentrated, but definitely on retreat, you can start to see a moment arise, sustain for a moment, and then pass away. And then the next moment arises, sustains, passes away. And, and it just keeps, that's what, it's all impermanent. We are impermanent. This is impermanent. Eugene is impermanent. All of you are impermanent, you know, whether it's Jill or Diane or Don or Julia or, you know, Phil or Jocelyn. We're all impermanent. And this impermanence is alive. It's not, it's not dead. It doesn't mean nothing's there. It's no, it, it even, it's even in my opinion, more interesting because it's totally alive and totally real and totally happening right now. And we can start to be aware of the fact that each moment is brand new in body, heart, and mind. <clears throat> and of course, then the, the establishing this kind of presence of, or being present with the, internal and external reality with uh, uh, or with the magical nature of impermanence, which is appearing and disappearing, right? Do you remember who you were yesterday, right? You all remember who that was? Anybody not remember? Raise your hand like this if you don't remember who you were, right? right? We all have memory of who we were, but whoever that was, that person is gone. That person is not here now. There's a new person here. And it doesn't mean what we remember isn't related to what's here, but what we remember is not what's here right now. This moment is totally new. And, and actually who and what you are is totally new in this moment. You're not the same person you were yesterday. And you may have comparing mind and think, oh yeah, I was a much better person yesterday, or I was a worse person yesterday, or I was smarter. I was, you can have us, you can compare and contrast. That may be true even. Maybe you were smarter yesterday, but who cares? What's here is still alive and is still magically alive, which all of us know either intuitively or we know it we know it. Uh, we're, we'll, we know it either intuitively or it's a hidden knowledge that lives in us. So um, 
I want to continue. Remember I said I talked a little about the presence of mindfulness last Thursday. I want to continue to emphasize the characteristic of sati as presence, and it's listed both as faculties or as an awakening factor and in the Eightfold Path. And the sense of presence is what's aware right now. That's what I want to point you at. What is it that's aware? Not what are you aware of, but what is it that's aware, right? And, and it's not a thing that's aware, but there's something here sitting in your seat that's aware. And so I want to just keep encouraging you, even if you don't know what that is or don't experience it, don't worry about it. it. It's still aware right now. We may catch up to it or not, but the awareness is already here doing itself. And what it is that's aware, consciousness, what is that? You know, and I'm not talking classically in Buddhism where they have more defined um, word for consciousness, but in this kind of way of what is aware, I'm pointing at the aliveness that's aware right here and right now. And to really just see what happens if you relax with what's aware and let the awareness start to find you instead of you have to find it because it's already here. This is from Analyo who says, the Venerable Analyo, thus mindfulness uh, itself being present can be understood to imply presence of mind, the presence of mind heart in the sense that endowed with sati, one is wide awake in regard to the present moment while its presence leads, while its presence leads to a broad and even boundless state of mind. And that's a little bit what I believe the whole sutta is pointing us at, is the presence of being. It's another way, it's a capital B being. You know, our beingness, our human beingness, not just our usual idea of who and what we are, but the actual living reality of who and what we are that's sitting right here, that can wake up that the Buddha said, for all of us, we can all wake up. And so the presence of being is part of our practice. And the other piece that I want to really emphasize tonight that's in the refrain is, here, I'm going to read it from the refrain. Oh, yeah. Right, one's mindful in different ways, internally and externally, arising and passing, mindful in simple ways, there is a body, right? And, the, and one abides independent, not clinging to anything in the world. That's the piece you wanna underline there in that section. One abides independent, not clinging to anything in this world, in the world. That is how we abide contemplating the body and the body. And that's such a deep teaching, maybe the deepest teaching, and it's true. This is how we find freedom, is to abide independent, not dependent on things, 
but independent, seeing that we don't cling to anything in the world and that the we can let go and simply be. And so the two pieces I'll highlight, not just the one, I'll highlight the other. It's from the, it's from the definition where, where he said, we want to be free from desire and discontent, and we want to not cling to anything in the world. And so all of you, for a moment, please consider what is it to not cling? What, what is it for you personally to not cling? And how do you experience the, the not clinging to anything in this world? Or, or you don't have to go to anything. Just whatever it is you see that you've uh, stopped clinging to, right? Do you, do you know that experience where you've clung to something, whatever it was, a person, a place, an experience? we've clung to things and then we let go of it or we release it or we and there's a freedom that comes with that then we can just be then we're okay and it doesn't mean we're we might not be sad or even bereft but we're not holding on in the same way I see I've got different papers here, excuse me. Um, right, so what does it mean to not cling? To really let yourself be and be in the present moment and not have to cling to anything in the world. This is from Ajahn Chah, Ajahn Chah, who was my teacher's teacher. He said, even if your house is flooded, even if your house is flooded or burnt to the ground, whatever the danger that threatens it, let it concern only the house. If there's a flood, don't let it flood your mind. If there's a fire, don't let it burn your heart. Let it, let it be merely the house, that which is external to you that is flooded and burned. Allow the mind to let go of its attachments. The time is ripe says Ajahn Chah. And so he's pointing at something. It's not that everything gets perfect or, or we don't even get what we want, but we can still let go. We don't have to be attached to things. We can grieve things. We can miss things. We can want things to be different, but we don't have to hold on to anything. In fact, we can't hold on to anything is my, in my opinion. The word for let go or release is another word for, for not clinging. Let go, let be, don't hold on, release. And I like the word release, I looked it up. It's a, a synonym for release is liberation. 
And that's what we're interested in. We're interested in being free, in being liberated from, from our misunderstanding of reality and really knowing deeply, seeing deeply who and what we are and living from that place. <clears throat> and so some questions for you to consider. What is clinging for you? And what do you cling to? What is it that you hold on to? What is it that you grasp? What is it that you don't want to let go of? Because it's there's only these things, thoughts, feelings, sounds, smells, tastes, touch, emotions, right? Other people, identities, the world. What is it you don't want to let go of? Actually, I saw somewhere, maybe I put it in here. Um, the Dalai Lama, he said it this way. He said, uh, he said, open your arms to change. Open your arms to change, but don't let go of your values. That's the one thing he said. Don't let go of what you care about, what you love, what's important to you. But he said, but open your arms to change. Don't hold on to it, right? Don't be, you know, live your values, but also note that you can't hold on to them on a certain level. The Buddha, when he talked about clinging, he said, whatever is not yours, let go of it. Your letting go of it will be for your long-term happiness and benefit. And so he keeps pointing at letting go or letting be or not holding on. The Buddha said, you can only lose what you cling to. You can only lose what you cling to. If you don't cling, you don't lose. And it's uh, an understanding that's not limited to Buddhism at all. This is from St. John of the Cross. He said that thou mayest have pleasure in everything, seek pleasure in nothing. That thou may have pleasure in everything, seek pleasure in nothing. That thou mayest have every, know everything, seek to know nothing that thou mayest possess all things, seek to possess nothing. That thou mayest be everything, seek to be nothing. So he's saying, oh, the whole world, everything is available when we let go, when we don't hold on, when we give ourselves to reality as it is, it will wake up inside of us. And we'll have what we seek, which is really underneath it all. Very simple, happiness, freedom, ourselves, what's true. And it's not, letting go is not simple and doesn't make us a great person. So watch out if you're expecting to be walking down the street about two feet above the street and 
looking down at all the people who don't practice or anything like this. I always love this quote from one of my teachers, Rio Khan. He said, today's begging, today's begging is finished. He was a monk in the 1700s uh, in Japan. Today's begging is finished. At the crossroads, I wander by the side of the Buddha shrine. Last year, a foolish monk. This year, no change. And it's beautiful because he's very relaxed about just being himself. He's not holding on to he has to be something. He can just be whatever that is. I'll read you one more poem from Rio. Okay, let me make sure I've got everything else I wanted in here. Uh, there's a lot of good quotes. Hmm. So I'll say a little more about letting go first, which is what happens if we don't hold on, or if we don't cling, or we don't grasp. And that means we don't hold on to anything, even our identity. Because identities change all the time. And sometimes it's a slow change. And sometimes it's like that, right? We become totally, it's a new world. And I believe you've all seen how quickly the world can change now that we all been sharing the experience of coronavirus and, and the, what's happened and how quickly our world has changed. And one of the hard things is none of us are the same people we were exactly before it because we've lost all the different structures and maybe not all, but many of the different things that structure our identity, we're not able to do, right? We're not able to do the usual things that Eugene likes to do or the usual things that whoever you are, right, Travis or Don or Karen or Winnie, uh, you know, or Lisa, like to do, we can't do them. I mean, you know, my big, uh, uh, my favorite way to space out is to watch sports on TV, right? Watch the Warriors, even though they're horrible this year, or, or watch, you know, the 49ers were good. I like that. And you know, but there's no, it's like, oh, there's no sports now. That's like not happening. Like who would have ever thought that? I mean, at least for me, I never thought, oh yeah, all the sports is going to stop right one day, but it stopped basically. And it's kind of wild that the world can change like that. And we're just part of the world. And so even our identity, how we know ourselves changes very quickly sometimes. A couple last quotes, just because they're good. This is from Ajahn Chah again. He said, if you let go a little, you will have a little happiness. If you let go a lot, you will have a lot of happiness. If you let go completely, you will be free.
I think that's a good quote to stop on. So again, as we do every week, we have some time. Your questions, comments, reactions, um, raise your hand and I'll call on you. Uh, I'm gonna unmute people. Let's see. You're unmuted. If you want to mute yourself, it's fine to mute yourself. It means we just won't hear you, but I've unmuted everybody. Okay, and I want to remind people, even if you're shy, don't worry, we're not even in the same living room together or kitchen or wherever you are, so don't be too shy. You know, I'd rather, you know, a lot of people who aren't shy are always the first people, and they're good. I like not shy people, but I like shy people also. Okay, so I'm... Uh, Don, I'm going to un unmute you. Did I unmute Don? Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, Don. Cool, just saying. So, uh, Thank you so much. That was a, a incredible talk. Okay, uh, wait, wait. I'm waiting to see you, Don, and I'm not. Oh, you can't see oh, me. There yet? you are. Great. Uh, incredible. Yeah, got it. You're incredible talk. Okay. Uh, I really thank you for that and the uh, the opportunity to be here and hear this. You hear the the Dharma. To hear it, it's like uh, it's coming through really strong. Um, my Great. question. Because this is, I, I basically do more of a, a bhakti mantra type of practice, not this. But uh, my question is, we keep speaking of letting go. And um, the question I have is that, well, who is letting go? Because <laughs> good, I'm, good I'm, it's all impermanent uh -huh, right. from my understanding. So I am impermanent. The I in me that is letting go i would assume is also impermanent so who is it that's letting go and if if i let go my identity who i think i am right that's just an ego letting go more of the impermanence okay slow down slow down oh, here yeah. okay yeah <laughs> because because what uh, one of the confusions, and I should have clarified this, I thank you, you're making a good point, is that um, when we sit and meditate, we start to see that we actually can't hold on to anything, right? And so what happens is that starts to be transposed to the rest of reality we actually see we can't hold on to anything, not just in our meditation, but anywhere, really. And that somewhere there's some part of us, maybe our ego identity, that thinks we can hold on to things, right? But in fact, we can't hold on to things. And so um, uh, it's, it's a great point. And here, I mean, here, I'm going to give you an example. So you see this? Can you see this? Yes. I'm holding on to it. Now I'm going to let go of it. You ready? Okay. That's one level of letting go. But then there's another level of letting go where, okay, you see it now? You see mm -hmm. the, right, because I didn't pick it up. 
And that's another level of letting go is we don't actually pick something up. We don't pick up the identity. You know, I mean, I know it's good to know that this is Eugene, right? And that Eugene lives here and this is Eugene's office and I know who Eugene's car is, but I also know I'm not Eugene. And Eugene needs to know that he's not Eugene. Or what's here needs to know that Eugene isn't the end of the story, right? There is Eugene here, there is a self here, there is an ego identity, but that's not all in, of who and what I am. And that's where Buddha was really beautiful talking about self and not self, and that they're both important. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you so much. <laughs> sure. My pleasure. Thank you. Great. Okay. What happened to Phil? Oh, no, I'm going to, who's this? Jose. Hello? Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can't see you, but I can hear you. Uh, I can. Let me see. There we go. Great. Good. Nice to see you. <laughs> nice to see you too. Thanks for the time. For the, um, uh, for the time. I had a question on... Um, I've been working on and off on, on self-development, the meditation for like a person like yourself that has many years doing this. I'm just curious to what extent have you been able to let go? Uh, and I, it's something that I've, that I've worked on. You're, you're breaking up a little. You're breaking uh, up. When talk I, talk I, slowly, Jose, because you're breaking up a little. Oh, Okay. Can, um, am I breaking up still? Yeah, I'm not hearing you. Um, give me one second. Hello? Yeah, got it. I'm hearing you now. Is that, is that better? Uh, yeah, okay. Getting some echo, but it's okay. My question is, um, you know, for a person that has done as much work as you have, how much have you been able to let go? It's something that I've struggled with, something that I've, I've struggled with on different levels. So I'm just curious for someone that has been practicing this for many years, how. Sure. So sometimes I can let go totally and sometimes I don't let go. Sometimes I hold on and I suffer. But I also know how to, I, it's not even that I do it, it does me. What I know how to do is the practice, and the practice puts me in alignment with what's true. And what's true is we can't actually hold on to anything. We think we can hold on to things. We think we can keep something. And I assure you all, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but there's nothing we can actually hold on to. Everything is appearing and sustains for a while and then will disappear. And so even our normal reality, we've just had it appear and change drastically, right? And, and who knows what'll happen? People say, oh, it'll be back to normal in two weeks or six weeks or eight weeks. I don't know that. That's why it's important to learn how to be present and hear and, and start to rest in the awareness that knows everything. Because the awareness is not holding on to anything. 
that may be the best answer to your question I'm giving you, right? Because you're aware right now, and the awareness is not holding on to anything. It's just aware of whatever is true, whatever you hear, smell, taste, think, feel, see. Okay, I'm not hearing you now. I see that you're talking, but... You're, you're, you're muted. Here, I'm going to unmute you. Okay. Oh, sorry. There. Now talk. Oh, no. I was just, I was just saying thank you. That, okay. that helps. I just had a notion that maybe I had to do a certain amount of work until I would get to the point where I could be. <laughs> you're, you're such a good American. <laughs> right? It's all about work. You don't have to do, it's already here. That's the paradox. The awareness is already here and you're not doing the awareness. Right. So let me ask you if I may, another quick question in relation quick question. to that. Yeah, sure. Um, how do you handle your biggest fears of letting go? I, I'll share one of mine, which is like, I've, for all of my life, I worried about financial stability. And that is something mm -hmm. that is so, I work in finance, I'm financially stable, but it's something that I've hung on to and it, it, I suffered because of it, because it generates me a tremendous amount of anxiety and stress. Uh -huh, yeah. And I, I acknowledge that it is, it is one of the things that I have to let go in my life, mm -hmm. but the thought of not being to meet my needs completely, it, it's, it's a huge fear. And I, okay, I, I whoa, whoa, slow down, slow down. So it's fear. Right. So you're having fear. You want to be mindful of the fear. Don't just believe the fear. It's just fear. Totally normal. Do you know you're an animal? <laughs> I don't mean that badly. I mean, we're all animals. Right. Animals have fear as part of being any animal on the planet has fear. And so if you're aware of the fear, you don't have to be bound to it. And it's true. And you did good. You were afraid. You wanted to be, you know, financially supported. So you made that happen. Great. Does the fear go away though then? No. That's important to see. Because freedom is not based on the conditions, ultimately. And believe me, I like good conditions. I'm not a, you know, I'm not an ascetic by any means, but I can do it when I need to. Like even right now, it's like, who knows what's going to happen given coronavirus and, and, the, and the stopping of the economy that's happened. And it's not even that the economy crashed, it stopped. And so we may all have to live a little more ascetically at a certain point, but we could. All you need is some food, some shelter, some clothing, some love, and you're good, really. Yeah, thanks, that, that is helpful. Great. To be reminded of these things. Yeah, well, that's, that's why the monastic tradition is so beautiful to see because 
they don't have anything, right? They've got robes and a bowl. That's it. And they live like that. And it's, there's a certain kind of freedom that comes from that kind of structure. Right. Okay, I'm going to move on now. Thank you. Okay. Where are we? What happened to Miru? You left Miru. Tell me if you come back. Raise your hand if you come back. Uh, okay, Phil. Are you there, Phil? Trying to unmute you. Okay, Phil. So Eugene, the question I have for you is Which that one? everyone always talks about, sorry? Which question? You the, the always que have questions for me. Of course. <laughs> Hi, Phil. The, the big thing is that everybody says, let go. Uh -huh. and this is to follow up on, on Don's question. And, and maybe this is not an issue of us actively letting go of what we hold on to. Actually, it's more an aspect of us holding on to it with acceptance in order to let it self-release. In other words, we're not letting go, we're creating the conditions to let it release itself. Because sure. we know that the sense of self is all a construct, right? Mm -hmm. We make it up based on our core woundings. And in every moment- you're Breaking up. This could every be my moment, computer. Hold on, you're breaking up. Can you I'm, hear me I'm now? I'm not getting any more sound from you, Phil. Um, you, you went into your uh, certain psychological uh, perspective and then you broke up totally. So what do you, you think that me means? Now? Yeah, I can, I can. Okay. What do you think that means, doctor? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Anyway, the only point I'm making is that maybe what we're really doing with mindfulness is we are holding our pain, we are holding it with safety, and this allows who we think we are to feel safe, and then it, it self-releases. So I'm just saying that this is maybe an alternate way to letting, looking at this. And really, sure. it's not a sense of letting go. It really is a matter of holding on to allow the conditions to arise for our pain to release itself. Yeah, well, it, it's, I would say it differently. It's not exactly holding on. It's actually not resisting what's true. And the resistance is what keeps it in place. And so, yeah, that's how I would put what I think you're pointing at, which is important. So letting go is a metaphor that's used. And so like any metaphor, it's not mechanical. And so it's got a, a variety. Sometimes it really, there is an interesting um, component that you could play with sometime, which is 
if you really want something's here and it doesn't let go of you, then you could make the intention every day, may I be free from this, whatever it is, from this heartache or this fear or this anger or this wanting or whatever it is you, that's, that's dukkha for you. You could make the intention every day, may I be free from it, may it go away, may I get rid of it and see what happens. Because the intention is one of the components of the Eightfold Path that's also very powerful. Yeah. Not to belabor it, but I think really it's more embracing our, well, that, our suffering. Well, that's what we're doing that when we is meditate. allowing the relief rather than saying, may it go away. Right, but, but you may not know that they both work. In other words, for some people, you're, 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 you know, the embracing, the being intimate, the allowing, you know, all good. And sometimes it's like, get the fuck out of here is an important Vajra sword that's needed to cut the cathexis with something. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else now? Phil, uh, Don, just got, okay, let's go to Don. Hey. Where are, oh, there you are. Hi. Hi, Heather. <laughs> Great. Just um, being reminded of your teachings because I've heard them um, a lot. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Eugene? Yeah, I can. Are you going in and out? It says my internet connection is unstable, so don't take it personally. I won't. Um, so, you know, I've been hearing you teach for on and off for like 20 years, and I'm just being reminded of a teaching around this very subject that, um, that is your words that really resonated with me at that time and are coming up now. And that is you asked the group, is at the church um, many, many years ago, you asked the group, you know, how many, raise your hand if you've ever let go of anything. Uh-huh. Raise your hand. Uh-huh. Such a Eugene teaching, right? Yeah, yeah, and, sounds like. Yeah, and like nobody, of course, raised their hand because you don't, none of us just actively let go of anything, right? Right. So that's all. I just wanted to thank you for that and uh-huh. maybe that helpful okay. for others. Uh-huh. Great. Yeah, and then what? That's all about that. But really quickly, I love. It, that. Wait, wait, wait! It's also really syntonic with what Phil was pointing at. Right. Right. He wasn't. He was saying, "No, no, we don't really let go. We accept it, and in the acceptance, it starts to let go of us, and that's, you know, often the most accurate thing." Right. That's very helpful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is that Ajahn Chah. Mm-hmm. Um, poetry. I know it, it was a teaching, but it read like poetry about the house and the flood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Send that out to the group, or how do I get that? <laughs> sure. Hold on. I'm going to see if I can do it right now. It'll take me a second. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great. Here it is. Let's see if I can do this. Uh, 
I'm going to try to do this to everybody, to everyone in the meeting. And now I'm patching it in. There it is. Yeah. Okay, give it a try. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Great, you're welcome. Okay, good. Good to see you too. <laughs> okay. That it? Anybody else? Still got a few minutes. Always good to hear from you and see you, or even not see you and hear from you. Oh, there we go, Jim. Yeah, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Oh, great. I've got these Bluetooth headphones on. They seem to work quite well in both directions. Um, yeah, I could say a whole bunch of things, but the thing that I was, I was reminded of, and I'm not exactly sure who said it, could have been Sally Armstrong, not exactly sure, but she talked about how the, well, whoever it was, the three first establishments of mindfulness, maybe let be works a little better. And then the fourth one is a little more of an action uh, process. And so we might have some actual letting go in that one. But the first one, let be. I thought that was a good, easy reminder. Right. It works for people often is that phrase, let be or let go or, or uh, don't do anything. <laughs> it's the other, you know, just let, and that's another version of let it be. Right. And of course, there was a good song by that title many years ago. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Jim. Anything else about the refrain? And what does it mean not to cling to anything in the world? Okay, here we go. Juliet Robert. Okay, I think you're Hi. unmuted. Yep. Hi, can you hear me? Yep. Oh, okay, great. Um, I just want to thank you, Eugene. Um, what a great topic, uh, letting go in these times, which uh, are really uncertain, and there's um, certainly a sense of, of clinging, uh, obviously. People clinging to their toilet paper rolls and <laughs> going a little crazy. So, um, but yeah, I've listened to you over many years, and I remember this topic from so many years ago, and I have struggled with it all this time. I just uh, felt for a long time um, that I was nothing but clinging, like that's who I was, that I wanted things, I, you know, so it was a kind of a, a thing. So um, I, I can say there is a loosening of that, and, and that's, that's, that feels better. 
<laughs> than the other way. But um, the idea of really being able to let go, uh, like like that freedom of what was that Ajahn Chah who 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 had that uh -huh. great quote of yeah. a little bit of yeah, yeah. letting go is a little bit of happiness. So maybe I have that now. And so, but the idea of uh -huh. really letting go and having freedom. Oh my goodness, that sounds so uh, lovely. But um. Yeah. Well, well, here, let me ask you a question. What What do you think you can hold on to? Um, I think that it's something about like a kind of attention that I have to pay attention to my needs all the time. Like if I'm not actively doing something to take care of things that you know, everything falls apart. So it's like a kind of a... Well, see what happens if you just try for one day not to do everything. Well, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> what do happens? That. Does everything fall apart? A little bit. Yeah, but... It, but not, not totally. But um, not, not right away. But if I have enough days of doing that, things <laughs> will fall apart a little bit. Well... Um, <laughs> But yeah, I just, you know, you were saying about, you know, that we don't have, um, we don't need much, uh, like just, you know, shelter and food and, and love. Mm -hmm. I was Medicine thinking, and things like that, and, yeah. I was thinking that's a lot. Well, but that, that, it is a lot, but we think we need so much more. I don't think I need that much more. I think I need those things. I think having shell, I don't know, for me, like, oh my God, I'm like grateful every day I have shelter. I, you know, there's so many people who don't. I think it's like amazing to have shelter. You, you, you have a lot of books, I see. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. 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 You, don't, you don't have to have those books. No, actually, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I really you, don't. You have drapes. You don't need drapes. I don't need drapes. <laughs> so all I'm, saying, all I'm saying is it it's, might be simpler than we think. We're, and it's fine. I, have, I like drapes and they're fine books and all that, you know, yeah. too. But, but I don't have to have them. I can be totally fine without them. Okay. Right? But could, would you be okay without shelter? Uh, no, I'm, I'm saying you want a few things that are really necessarily some kind of clothing, some shelter, medicine, yeah. food, and, you know, and some, yeah. some other humans, right? Right. But, right. But, but even in that, I mean, that's so simple, really, and that we add so much more. No, I only want this kind of shelter. I don't <laughs> want that true. kind of shelter, right? Right. I mean, you know, if you come to Spirit Rock sometime, um, uh, Jack had a cootie belt for himself when he was single. And he, he had a little, you know, a little hut up in the woods. And, uh, you know, and it was like, oh, it was really nice. But it's like, I don't want to stay in the hut. I'd rather be in a dormitory. I like, you know, lights going on and off and things like that. And heat yeah. and bathrooms and, you know, but, but. In push comes to shove, if I needed to stay in that hut, I would be fine, right? It might take a little getting used to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But actually, yeah. you know, I'm looking, yeah. So, so, but, and don't worry, you, you don't have to get rid of, you don't have to let go of everything because everything is going to 
leave you anyways. Anyway, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that's why it's just yeah. looking to come into alignment with what's true. And yeah. that we can do. Because just one day of not doing anything, don't need anything for a day except some food and a bathroom, mm -hmm. you know, but you can even go outside. It's really fine, you know. Just it's good if it's you know people aren't seeing you go because they get upset about that if you go bathroom <laughs> outside. But yeah. So anyhow, that's great. Eugene, quick question: Please. because that's we don't good. have a copy of the text, how can which, we get that? Which text? Oh, the the uh, trip. Can you send that to them right now, or should I? Actually, I could try to send it to you. Hold on. I'm going to try to send it to you. Wait. This is Julian Jim. Oh, let's see. So I'm going to send you one. I, I know we, yeah. we sent out a couple here. Um, yeah. I'm still learning how to use zoom and everything so i'm gonna uh, okay i've got you and now i want to give you this um shoot where to go oh here hmm. uh yeah i'm sending you one uh, let's see what happens. It's a big thing. So did, did you get it? Working on it. Okay. Right. Julian Robert, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, we have it. Yes. Okay, great. And there's one more. Ah. Uh, let me just see if I can find the other one. Let me see. Yeah, here. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Great. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You got two versions and that's what we are trying to do for everybody is get two versions. One from the Venerola Nalio, one from yep. uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi. Perfect. Right. Okay. Thank so you. we need to stop. So let's stop right here. Wait, wait. And um, I know Jeff is going to say something. Jeff, do you want to get on there? Jeff, are you still here? Raise your hand or do something interesting. No, Jeff. Are you on the iPhone, Jeff? Let me see. No. Okay. So um, uh, then there's not much to say except, uh, you know, we do a little uh, asking about Donna for the class, support uh, San Francisco Insight, and some of it goes to me, so appreciate your generosity, thank you. Um, read the text, we'll keep going on Thursday. Uh, let's just sit for a minute, and then I'll ring a bell and we'll, we'll go. Mm. Appreciating our time together, that we have a few moments to study, learn, practice, and keep waking up together.
May our good fortune go out in every direction, touching beings in this world and every world. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be safe. May all beings be free from suffering. And may all beings listen to Jeff because he's here now. So hold on, Jeff. I don't see you on the on the participants list. Wait, maybe I'll find it somewhere. Yeah, I'm not seeing you, Jeff. Where are you, Jeff? Oh, there you are, Jeff. I'm unmuting you, Jeff. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Great. Sorry. Okay. No. Um, I was trying to unmute myself and I couldn't do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to let folks know uh, we've uh, at SFI we've updated the website, and if you go um, to kind of recognize we're doing um, these online offerings, and the if you go to the website, I'm going to be a little technical here. Um, if you go to the donate uh, button and then pull down the page. The, there's a don donate button, but there's also a little bit of information about how you can direct your donation to the class tonight or to the Sunday night offering. Um, and then when you go to PayPal, there's a little pull down menu, and that's where you actually make the selection of uh, where you how you want to direct your Donna. So um, that's really the update. Let us know if that's not clear. And um, we can um, explain that in more detail in a email or something. Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Jeff. Right, and again, I'll just ring the bell to thank you all. May you all be well. See you in a couple of days. Stay safe from coronavirus. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.